Good morning, everybody. Got to find my lesson. Hold on. Yes, as Carrie said, this is um, the Spirit Life class, and next week he will be teaching. The following week, Mike will be teaching. So um, I've told you before, I love the fact that we have elders that teach our class and give you some uh, real insight into their hearts and uh, what's on their minds. So um, a few years ago, I went to keep our grandchildren, three of our grandchildren that live in Florida, and their parents went on their 10-year wedding anniversary trip. So I went and stayed a week. Um, now there's a couple of factors to know. There was a three children, six-year-old, three-year-old, and 16-month-old, and it was June in Ocala, so it was hot. So one morning they got up um, early, and I got them dressed and fed them breakfast and put them in the wagon. Uh, we went down the street, we played, uh, there was a playground, uh, stayed down there. I didn't have my phone or my watch, but we stayed a long time and they played and then it started to get hot and I thought, well, we'll go home and get a snack and surely um, this has taken a good part of the morning. And so I unloaded everybody, we went in the kitchen and I looked at the stove and it said 810. And I thought, I'm gonna shoot myself. This, <laughs> this is the longest day of my life. Um, but I was determined. It was just, you know how you think you're getting somewhere and then you're not quite getting somewhere. You know what, in a way, um, that's how I have felt the last couple of months in this spirit life class, truthfully, because I feel like I'm getting somewhere, uh, but yet I feel like I take steps backward in my confusion and my uncertainty and not really knowing uh, where this is going yet. I'm in it for the long haul, and I consider it an adventure, and I'm actually excited and challenged. I feel a lot like I felt probably 10 years ago, maybe 15 years ago, as Mike was doing uh, some study and some different interactions with groups, came across some spiritual disciplines that other spiritual traditions had been doing for centuries that were brand new to me. And it was like this um, enlightenment. I don't know, have you ever come across something and you thought, I did not know this as fully and how it's, it really enhances your spiritual life. That's the way I feel about this walk, about learning to listen to the Spirit. Um, so I think we're all fellow travelers. Uh, Lily Tomlin, of all people, actually made this comment. Why is it that when we speak to God, it's called praying, but when He speaks to us, we are said to be schizophrenic? So there's a, a, a side to that that we're not quite sure what to do with. Dallas Willard has written a book called Hearing God. Um, and actually, it's... Uh, there you go. Hearing God, uh, it's actually been out maybe 30 years. Um, but he talks about the great paradox uh, when it comes to hearing or listening God or hearing the Spirit. He says, on the one hand, we have this massive testimony that God does actually speak or interact personally, communicate through His Spirit with us. For example, Scripture is full of references to interaction with God. Isaiah 58, 9. Then you will call and the Lord will answer. You will cry for help. And He will say, 
here am I. Um, Acts 15, I love the story about when the elders and the apostles got together to make a big decision and their answer was, it seems to us and to the Holy Spirit that that was how they came to their conclusion. So somehow they got information from the Holy Spirit. Matthew 28, 20 says, And surely I will be with you always to the very end of the age. That's not a static one-way communication, us with Jesus. It's also Him being with us. You know, there is nothing secondhand or general about the interaction with the divine for Abraham and Moses and Mary and Peter and Nehemiah and the stories in the Bible go on and on and on about God's intentional interaction with his people. We know in the history of the church, St. Augustine and Martin Luther and Henry Nouwen and C.S. Lewis and all kinds of writers and martyrs and leaders in the church have a deep interaction with the Spirit and with God. What about in worship? Have you ever thought about our hymns and how they are full of talk, of conversation that we have with God, right? Guide me, O thou great Jehovah. Have you looked at those specific words? They're very intimate. Uh, I come to the garden alone and he walks and he talks with me and he tells me I am his own. Or even recently, a good, good father. I've heard the tender whisper of love in the dead of night and you tell me that you're pleased and that I'm never alone and we're singing these words about a very specific intimate interaction that we have with God. Certainly personal testimony of others. Um, when Andy teaches class, you can see him actually having a conversation with the Holy Spirit while he's teaching. I don't know if you've noticed how he will stop and pause and go, okay, or it's as though he's having this conversation the whole time. Um, I don't know how many of you heard Rogers Clayton's sermon last Sunday, but he talked about feeling a nudge or a, or a prompting or feeling this conversation with the Spirit. And recently I heard a very profound thought that you know, you hear something, you think that hasn't really occurred to me, and Mike and I have talked about this quite a bit, but do you realize that the first 300 years of the church where Christianity grew and exploded, there was no Bible? There was no Bible. So what was it that made it grow and flourish and expand like it did without a written word? 300 years is a long time. And then there's a long period of time where people could not read or it wasn't written and put together and yet the kingdom of God continues to flourish truly. There's something else going on. So that's the one side of our paradox. And that is we have all of this um, testimony, if you will, or all of this outside objective data that says, yes, this ongoing conversation with God takes place. But on the other hand, or the other side of the paradox, is the uncertainty of it all. 
how is listening to the Spirit, how does it actually work? And what does it look like in the life of the everyday Christian like me and you? How do we know that something is truly from the Spirit and it's not just us talking to ourselves in our head? You know, even the Bible has confirmation stories where people were like, okay, God, I think that's what you mean, but let's just make sure. We know about Gideon and the fleece, right? He was like, okay, I hear you, but I'm not really sure. You know, Samuel was awakened in the night and he just wasn't quite sure what he was hearing or if it was truly from the Lord. Probably the most difficult, I think, are those situations where we know someone truly felt they'd gotten a word from the Lord and it wound up ending badly. Um, even more so than the people who all sell their possessions and go sit on a mountain and say the end of time is coming. Uh, we, Mike and I have some friends that uh, have a son and he and his wife decided they had gotten a word from the Lord. Uh, he has a medical background that he should open a free clinic and that God was going to provide. He felt a really strong urging from God that this was what he needed to do and his wife was with him in it and they did it and um, it did not work out and th that was probably four years ago and now over time and I'd say mostly in the last year his faith has really really struggled to the point where now he's not going to church anymore and it's not a slow drifting away there's anger toward God and anger toward the church and all perhaps because of this um, misunderstanding or you know as things happen that he truly felt was from the Lord so those those are the two sides of the paradox and I'd like for us to kind of talk about that okay so uh, tell me where do you find yourself? Let's, let's have the continuum of over here, we don't, how do we know it's so uncertain? Or do you feel much more certain on the certainty side because of all of this testimony that we've heard? What do you think? And I know we don't typically do a lot of talking in here, so I'm going to just shake it up a minute and y'all just... It's time for us to talk about it. Yes? I just personally, I feel like um, kind of through this class over the past several years, I feel myself now wanting to hear the Holy Spirit, pray about and asking for it, and but still just personally feel just kind of unsure about this way the Holy Spirit is supposed to do. Mm -hmm. That seems kind of random. I don't know if I want to do that. Uh -huh. <laughs> uh, but still praying and wanting the Holy Spirit. I had something happen the day where I felt like he told me something to do, and I didn't do it, and so I don't want to, I don't know, maybe, I, maybe I'm maybe i not to the point where I think I am, really want to hear it, mm -hmm. like I'm hearing it and not doing it, I need to get to a place where I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it, mm -hmm. so I, I heard uh, Roger's sermon, listen to it on the, on the podcast mm -hmm. afterwards, and just about practicing hearing it, and something that may seem random, turn the right, I'm not going to drive home, but being in the practice of saying yes in the Holy Spirit, you know, Yes. Didn't you love the fact that he did say, 
you practice it. And I love the fact that he told the story and said, hey, I turned and nothing happened. Um, so that that's not, that doesn't mean, you know, that's not what you should do. What else? Yes, ma'am. This is our first time visiting here, but I think, you know, for, for me traditionally, um, I'm not used to that practice of listening. Mm -hmm. Schizophrenic. Not that I see it as that, because I think we're all these days a little more open to the idea of listening to the Spirit, and I, I appreciate that because I think it is biblical. Um, mm -hmm. But for me, we're just asking, where are we with this? I think for me, I'm just kind of in that place of how do I listen? And what am I listening for? Mm -hmm. It's kind of a, because it's so foreign, it's a little bit scary to me. A little bit scary because I, I don't want to just something because I think maybe the spirit told me to do it. I don't know. It's, yeah. it, it's a faith thing. It's a faith thing. Yeah. Yes. Very much so. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. I was thinking, sometimes you, it's, you can hear like a hurricane and sometimes it's a whisper, you know, and I think, mm -hmm. uh, you know, there's times that sort of the, the less risky things are really easy to go after, but I, I think that God blessed us with one another relationships, you know, you think about all the times they prayed, they prayed in groups, you know, where we don't have to necessarily rely on our own initial instincts, but, you know, God's given us people in our lives, whether it's few or many, that we can have a conversation with and pray about together to kind of confirm or uh, hopefully, cor not correct, but shed additional light on, on what we, we feel like we're hearing or, or what we feel like we should do. Yes. You know, the story I just told you about the young man deciding to do the clinic. Interestingly, as he told uh, he had a really close church family and a really close physical family. As he told all of them about it, he said, I've gotten this word from the Lord, so I don't want your advice. I just want your encouragement. Which, which might have, like you said, perhaps that's part of it is um, getting affirmation or perhaps feedback that says, now let's think about that or let's pray over that and see if that really is a word from the Lord. Good. Yes, ma'am. I think for me it's kind of been a refining process that mm -hmm. um, growing up not hearing about this, especially about it speaking to you, um, I will say things like, you know, I feel like the Lord has laid on my heart or the Spirit's laid on my heart mm -hmm. and I try to continue to see that showing up. It's like um, if it comes back up again, but I also don't want to dismiss the um, spiritual warfare that goes on that I feel pretty clear about, too. I think that discernment happens on both sides because I feel that a lot. Like, if I'm going to do something, uh, I get messed with. You know, uh, try to derail me. Uh, I get mad about something. Or, uh, I mean, I feel that, and I don't think we need to dismiss the fact that that's out there. Sure. And that protection is um, going to be there from the Lord. But you, you know, just being still and listening is hard, especially when you don't grow up hearing about that. So I, I don't feel totally clear, but if it comes on me, I feel protected from the warfare. 
I need to have discernment and walk slowly. And I mean, I've even said, um, you know, God, if this is what you want me to do, you need to skywrite it. It's got to be that clear to me. And it has been. Not literally, but <laughs> it feels that clear. So um, I think it's our hearts and our spirits that open us up to that rather than being afraid of it. Yes. And I've had to work at it. I think a lot of us are in that, that same boat. Uh, and you use the word practicing, which is doing it again and doing it again and doing it again um, and kind of navigating that and you know asking the spirit to show us you know is this from you or is it not um, yes Carrie uh, I, I listened to uh, Andy's class uh, the first class he did and heard how powerful it was from other people but I was just thinking when he said that he's had 35 or 40 years of this, and I'm taking my age and having 35. <laughs> uh, but I, so I so I was replaying in my mind the conversation with the water executive from Cleveland, you know, and and, and, and just thinking about uh, Andy says to him, "I know what you want. You you swam in Lake." and you want your grandchildren to swim, swim in Lake Erie. And the guy said, I didn't swim in Lake Erie. I mean, <laughs> that's, the kind of, that's the kind of horror stories I think we think about whenever mm -hmm. we try to step out. And, mm -hmm. uh, because it's very, it can be a very public thing and we have to be, we have to be ready for those times whenever uh, it wasn't God's force. There was, I was reading this devotion, and it was talking about uh, our asking God for wisdom, and it was sort of about listening for his voice, and it got all the way down to the end and talking about how it will shape our dreams, it will, it will uh, invade our thought life, the spirit will do all these things, and it had said, and it was about to say, so grab a hold of this, and it said, no, that nudge you feel won't always be his. He may not have, he may not have put that there. And you know, that's, that's, the, that's a tension we have all the time, I think, that uh, practice is the way we get accustomed to that. It's never, it's never just a matter of, uh, we just all of a sudden have this ability to hear God's voice and we absolutely certain about it every time, but as we, as we practice it and we hear it and hear the voice confirmed, especially in other people things like that happen, we begin to gain more confidence. We just got to start. So you get the Segway Award because that's exactly where I was headed in things that we have to keep in mind about communication from God. And the first thing is it is it comes to us in many forms. Uh, it can be from somebody else, you know, someone in our community that we know has the same love and desire for God that we do. It can come from the Bible. It can come from scripture. It can come from meditation or study or uh, Lectio Divina or there's a lot of different ways it can come from scripture. 
Uh, it can come through creation. You know, Josh said this morning, God communicates to us through creation. I don't know if, how many of you can say, I can, most of us can, where we've been in a place where creation has completely overwhelmed us. Um, and sometimes that's where we feel that really deep connection with God. Years ago, when Mike and I were very first married, and we've been married 40 years, we, that was back when everyone did uh, Burkine and Faulkner's, what, what was it called, Mary? Marriage Enrichment Seminars. Is anybody else old enough to have gone to one of those? Okay, and they were terrific. And uh, I don't know if you remember, but Paul Faulkner talked about doing those sweet things for your wife uh, and for the husband to do this, I mean, for the wife to do the same for the husband, but those special things that mean I'm thinking of you. And he tells the story of buying Gladys Snickers bars when he's out because that's what she loved. And then he said the first time he taught that lesson, a bunch of men went out and bought their wives snicker bars, right? And, you know, one of them was even allergic to peanuts. And so he's like, you're, you're missing the point. The point is, but don't go buy, you know. So all that to say, when we hear others, I think we're like, oh, then that's what I need to do when that might not be your thing to do. It can come in many different forms, your leading or your word from the Lord. The second thing is, We've got to be really careful that we don't have the wrong motives of seeking to hear the Spirit on a personal level. Um, you know, I don't think our church tradition so much as perhaps some others, but there is a real temptation oftentimes to have um, the ability to not necessarily foresee the future like a fortune teller, but to have a real perception about the future and about making decisions and discerning God's will. And sometimes that can become a little, um, selfish isn't the right word, but it can become more inward focused in that our motives are not necessarily pure as far as wanting to hear a word from the Lord. And then the third thing is we can misconceive the very nature of our holy heavenly father and his intent for us because there is a difference between God developing our character and the spirit shaping us to be in the image of Christ versus wanting him to dictate our every move to direct us and tell us exactly what to do in every situation no more than we would do that with our children, that we're trying to develop their character and teach them about life, right? We don't want them to be robots. We want them to be fully themselves, and God is the same with us. He, the Holy Spirit will guide us, but He will not override us. Do you see the difference in the two? Because we're still ultimately the ones making the decision about how we've been guided. We're not looking for being a robot. We're looking for guidance. So here's some questions I'd like for us to kind of talk about. Um, and if you feel comfortable, you know, sharing out loud, but what kind, of, um, what kind of person do you think would be less enthusiastic about this idea of a conversational relationship with God? What, what would be a hindrance or someone, what would make you want to avoid that sort of uh, relationship with God? 
Control. Oh, absolutely. This this direction from God and the Spirit might uh, lead or direct me to something I don't necessarily want to do. I'd rather pick it myself. Very much so. What else? Maybe someone who has a very um, scientific outlook. Okay. So, so maybe discomfort with the mystical side right. of it, wanting something a little more quantitative, something you can quantify. Good, very much so. Yes. Um, something I struggle with more as a mom and you know, wife is just fear. Fear. That's part of you know control. Yeah. Just, just being afraid. Yeah, I mean, I, here's where this is going to go. Mm-hmm. And, or just fear of the unknown, of the uncertainty of it. Does anybody have something that's happened in the past week or two, um, and or or longer, that they ha- experienced something where they felt like maybe it was from the Lord, or maybe it was the Spirit's prompting, and they, you know, listened to it, and it may or may not have happened. I guess we can be like Rogers driving down the road and taking a turn that nothing happened. Um, but really something perhaps that was, that was a prompting from the Spirit, or you, you really believe and feel that it was. It's kind of scary to say it out loud. Yes? Well, I mean, I'm sort of on the fence with it, but just moving here. You know, we just moved here. You know, okay. We've, we've been had opportunities to move away from Atlanta a number of times, and we've always just stayed put, and for whatever reason... Nashville came up and we, she didn't cry. And so, <laughs> <laughs> so, Is that your first son? <laughs> yeah, and so, um, you know, we, we got some advice about it and not exactly sure why we are here outside of my job, but we'd like to think that God okay. directed us here. Great. And so you're, um, you're, feeling that that's what that is and like more and more you affirmation. Know, sure. Ditto. <clears throat> Ditto. Ditto. Okay. And yeah. Just in, and then there's just the subtle, just obvious ways that I, I could list dozens of them that, that the affirmation that we belong here just just suddenly happened. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a conversation Trish and I have, or it's somebody we meet, or it's a circumstance that I told you you belong here. Good. And I prayed that. So you're feeling like you've got more affirmation. Good. Yes. I'm reminded of a song Amy Grant said, "Angels watching over me," and you're talking about God directing your steps. And I can look back and think of the times. A lot of people (coughs) say, "Well, that's just being lucky." Well, I tie lucky and Lucifer together, okay? (laughs) But I do believe it's God's steps, and He did save me in times that. Oh my goodness, it was life-threatening. And when someone's breaking into your house in the back door and you're running out the front door, yeah, every step was directed time and time again. I just am so grateful that you didn't have time to stop and listen, but it's like, do this, go there, do this, you're good. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, and it's more than once. And I think we 
where you stop and give credit and think about that wasn't just a happen chance. Yes. Circumstantially. It was God who directed me and angels, however you want to put it. That's but good. I think that a lot of times we don't give credit where God has directed our steps to be safe. Mm -hmm. That he'll watch over us. You know, one of the things uh, Andy uses a lot as a metaphor is a mother when he talks about the spirit and that being a very relational thing um, which puts that into context I think of that kind of ongoing relationship in really scary times and then everyday times you know when you feel that no no don't go there mm -hmm. and you obey that there's a reason I think behind the spirit that inward witness that's like I'm feeling uncomfortable yes Yes. Mike? Um, a couple for me is, one, um, I'm, I'm, all, I'm an early adopter, so fear is not always my issue. Is My, my struggle is um, I'm trying to get too much done so I don't have time mm -hmm. because you got to be in the moment. And uh, I've been prompted on several occasions to call people or to send them a text and they'll reply to me and go, that's exactly what I needed. I don't know why you called me, but your call today made all the difference in the world. Mm -hmm. Now, I can't explain it, but I give the Spirit credit for it. The other is, um, I believe the Spirit leads us in this transformation, and so he may not necessarily give me a specific prompting, but one of the things that he's working on me right now is just being just being in the moment mm -hmm. and just being available. And the more I do that, the more I have people talking to me and sharing things because it's almost like you're telling them without telling them, I care about you and what's going on. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, some of you know what I do. I, I help churches raise funds, but more than that, um, I really spent a lot of time encouraging pastors and preachers at all kind of different faith denominations, and not not diff different Christian denominations. And so, um, there's not a church that I walk away from that a pastor's not telling me about a struggle. Mm -hmm. And um, and so and and so that's kind of the way the Spirit leads me to minister to them, even though I'm there to do something else. More, more times than not, I end up doing that. Mm -hmm. And like last week, we were supposed to be done at 7, the pastor said, you got a minute to talk, and we walked out of the office at 10. So that's like, not only hearing the prompting, but also not leaving margin in your life to where you have an opportunity to step into the moment instead of just being so busy that you're like, oh boy, I need to do that, but I just can't right now. Well, and to me, uh, the thing, sometimes we think about the problem of the spirit where we think we're gonna solve something. I don't think it's a matter of solving. I think it's a matter of just contributing at the moment. Mm -hmm. That God's using me at that moment to help this person in this place, not to solve their problem, because I can't solve it, I tried to solve them. I love being a savior, and uh, <laughs> and so, uh, and but I'm not good at that. 
And uh, so, but just helping them in that moment to get to the next or the next day is to me what the Spirit does through us. Yes. Yes, I ma'am. I had an interaction with a colleague last week. Um, I do some contract work, and this was a new relationship. And I could feel this kind of distance and wall. And what I want to do is pull away. Uh, there's something wrong with her mm-hmm. dog. That rather than looking inside and being honest about the fact that I feel, you know, rejected mm-hmm. what's going on. So um, I felt like God laid it on my heart to make a point and sit down and talk with her just during meals or something. And I was like, I don't want to do that. I feel <coughs> safer pulling away. I don't know if I try that, if I'm going to be rejected. And when I sat down and talked to her, uh, she was from Michigan. I found out she uh, used to live here. And as we continued to talk, her husband was in Josh's wedding. So we've got these relationships that we know a lot of the same people, and it just changed everything mm-hmm. because I chose to not stay in that place of, well, you know, it's her problem and she's the one, and uh, keeping my distance. So. So clearly, the Spirit had an idea about how you could be the kingdom where you were at work. You know, sometimes we think it has to be on a mission trip. No, I think what you're saying, what Mike's saying, it's like as you go along your day, um, you know, we've always heard the road to hell was paved with good intentions, but I think good intentions and promptings come from God, and it's a matter of responding to it. And and to answer to it. Anybody else? I'll, yes. I'll share something. Um, I had lost contact um, with a very dear friend that I'd been friends with for many years. And it was just, um, we just weren't able to connect. <coughs> and um, probably six or eight weeks ago, she kept coming to mind over and over again. And I'm thinking, yeah, but when I call, I'm just going to get the answer machine. And so I, I wasn't very responsive. And then my daughter, Sarah, mentioned that she had seen my friend's husband and some other family members. And that was kind of, that kind of spurred me on. And I thought, okay, I need to do something about that. And then I came to a shower here on a Sunday afternoon. And someone says to me about my friend, what, what's going on with them? There's something wrong. And so I thought, okay. So God did God. the boat and the helicopter I mean, and the, that, like that joke. Mm-hmm. On mm-hmm. And so when I left the shower, I put on my walking shoes, went over to the mall to walk. But before I walked in the door, I rang their number. And her husband answered and said, we are not doing well. Uh, hold, hold on just a minute. Here she is. So I was, as, as usual, I was a bit slow. But I finally got the message. And I, I have no doubt of what that was, the prompting of the Spirit of God. Yes, yes. Thank you all for, for sharing. And, I, and, you know, this coming week, when you, when you feel that, 
you know, boy, that, that name came to mind, or I need to send a text to so-and-so, or whatever it is. Let's follow through on that. Brother Lawrence wrote a book called The Practice of the Presence of God, and this is what he said. There is not in the world a kind of life more sweet and delightful than that of a continual conversation with God. Those only can comprehend it who practice it and experience it. Yet I do not advise you to do it from that motive. It is not pleasure that we ought to seek in this exercise, but let us do it from a principle of love and because God would have us. Y'all have a great week.